very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time in anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. On this week's show, we look ahead to the Premier League action tomorrow. We take a look at a new streaming platform for Gaelic Games and the infamous Wrexham win. But first, let's get started and look at this weekend's Minor Camogie All-Ireland Championship Finals. This is Sportsbeat Extra. I'm delighted to be joined by former Wexford Camogie Minor and Electric Ireland Ambassador Ursula Jacob as she looks ahead to the Electric Ireland Camogie Minor All-Ireland Championship Finals this weekend. Ursula, you're very welcome along to the show. You're no stranger. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks. Looking forward to a busy weekend of action. A lot of action, especially we're looking ahead to tomorrow, Ursula. Um, there's three matches in particular that we're excited about. There's two taking place in Nolan Park. One at half two, we have the Antrim and Limerick, minor A Shield All-Ireland. And we have at half four, Cork and Waterford. You've been following along. You've seen some talent, especially in the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot of fixtures. What has been your thoughts as the matches progress? Well, I suppose the thing that's probably impressed me most is the standard um, of Camogie out there at the moment, especially at minor level. Um, as I would have said to someone there uh, yesterday, for me, these are the future stars of the game. Um, and this minor championship right across the great, uh, right across the, the different levels, whether it's minor A, B, C or whatever, these players are our future. So we have to nurture and develop these players at this level so that they'll stay motivated, they'll have the ambition to, to progress and play at adult level. So for me, the standard has just gone through the roof. You can see how they're being coached so well. They're being, you know, trained to the highest order. So it's it's nothing but positive. And the fact that these games are also being live streamed as well. Um, and, and also the fact that Electric Ireland have come on board this year as their as the main sponsor. It just shows the commitment that, you know, um, people behind the scenes see and valued the importance of this competition because for me when I was playing at minor level I knew that the next step up was going to be adult level so whether that be junior intermediate or senior with your county this level lays the platform for you as a player really So this is kind of the breaking point or the crux really uh, when they get to this level Ursula and like you said as somebody who's been in it before when you've gotten to this stage there has to be a bit more rev in the engine going forward especially if there's maybe setbacks what would you say to the girls that are taking part this weekend? Yeah look at I I, I don't like to say it but it was 23 years ago when I was playing a, a minor final and we were we, we came up against a really strong Galway side that year and we unfortunately lost that final but for me it's the learnings from that final that gave me the appetite to want to get back to an Oral Ireland and it gave me the appetite to progress up and want to play senior Camogie with Wexford so for me my biggest piece of advice that I would say to these players is enjoy and embrace the finals first of all when you reach a final you get to the top of of the grade you you need to enjoy it first it's, you will have nerves you will feel nervous going into a big game but you know, you, you don't get to an All-Ireland final every day or every year. So it's the most important thing is to enjoy it and embrace the whole occasion. And then if you win it, it's an added bonus. But if you lose, it's not the end of the world either. Because as I said, I lost my minor final, the only minor final I reached. But I went on to have a really successful career. And as I said, playing minor brought me on 
uh, and and made me probably the player that I then became because, as I said, this is where the foundations are laid at this at, at this age group, and that's why the minor grade is such an important category for for Camogie players. And I'm thrilled that it's getting the deserved backing that it should be getting. Like you said, it's getting more back and there's more uh, a push behind it. More people are watching it now more than ever. There's more uh, platforms for people to be able to watch it on. It's not too far away for us to go if we want to pick up a ticket. How would you say to somebody, uh, if they want to watch the match and get involved and get behind them, that it's not just about the fixtures or the age, but it's to show the support? Without a doubt, and, and I think that's the big thing we're, we're looking at in Camogie at the moment. It's It's getting bums on seats. It's not just... It's not just about getting viewers watching the games from home. Now, I know it's it's really positive that the games are being live-streamed for anyone who can't attend, but I'd love to see big numbers at the games this weekend because the girls, firstly, deserve it. And as I said, the standard right across the board has gone up so much. You know, we, it's brilliant that we get to witness these players at this age who, as I said, are going to be the future stars, who are going to be playing senior and intermediate with their with their counties going forward but wouldn't it be brilliant to see them now when they're kind of only starting out on their on their camogie career and for me you know I just think you can't beat being there um, and I think camogie deserves to have huge support you know if it was the men's game if it was hurling or football I'm sure loads of people would, would get out and support their counties but I'd urge anyone from the counties involved and even neutrals wouldn't it be great to bring your kids or families to see, you know, these brilliant players uh, out on the pitch. So hopefully there will be a big crowd at the finals. As I said, the the players definitely deserve it. But at least if if people can't get to the games, they they will be able to tune in on the live stream as well. Thanks so much, Arsene. Like you said, outstanding performances in the season so far. We have three matches tomorrow. We have the 2.30 kickoff uh, for our throw-in at Antrim and Limerick and Nolan Park. We have a 3pm 3, 3 start for Leash and Roscommon and Burr. And we have 4.30 start for Cork and Waterford also in Nolan Park uh, for the minor All-Ireland Championships. What's next for the winners after this, Ursula? What does the future look like for the people that walk off the pitch successful? Yeah, well, look, it'll obviously give them a huge motivation to to want to succeed um, even further. You know, some of the girls will be finished playing minor this year and some girls will will be underage for next year. So whoever is lucky enough to to accept the cup and win the finals, you know, they'll be looking ahead to, as I said, progressing even further. So what's the next step? It's it's to move up to the adult grade. So as I said, it could be stepping up to playing junior camogie with your county, intermediate, or the ultimate goal for any camogie player is to play at senior level. So for me, that's the ambition as a minor player. It, it doesn't just happen overnight and it won't just happen, you know, that easily because the, the step up is quite a big, big step up. And, you know, it can be quite daunting at times as well for a young player to step up and play at adult level. But that's, if, you, if you're ambitious enough and if you want it enough, you will get there. So I suppose that's the next step. But, you know, I, as I said, you have to you have to enjoy and excel at your own level first before you can make that step up too. And it's just about enjoying the moment. And I'm sure any of these girls that are are going to be playing in All Ireland final are, are definitely going to go out and want to do that. Lovely, Ursula. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish everybody uh, this weekend and in the finals the best, the very best of luck from all of us here. Ursula, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports beat extra.
So I'm joined now by Noel Quinn, Senior Marketing and Media Rights Manager with GA Go. We were welcome very long, Noel, to Sportsbeat Extra. Noel, tell us, what is GA Go? I've seen a lot of it the last couple of weeks online and people talking about it. For people who don't know, can you explain what GA Go is? Yeah, hi, hi Julian. Um, uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on the, on the show. Um, GA Go has been uh, around for a while, truth be told. It was an idea that was born a decade ago, which is hard to believe, um, during a conversation in Crow Park at a time when we felt that maybe the Irish diaspora or the GA members overseas, uh, who were obviously craving a piece of home and uh, a better option to view games, uh, might be better served. And that's really where the, the, the spark was lit, Jolene. It's an online subscription service that allows people to watch matches live or on demand. And for a long time, since 2014, when it was launched in collaboration between the GA and RTE, it's carried the host feed. So the match that RTE would show or TG Gar or BBC, it would merely carry that feed to every territory off the island of Ireland. So broadcast in 180 countries worldwide and some very quirky places like the foot of Mount Fuji and uh, the shack of the centre in the Antarctic and um, my own my own brother-in-law in Sydney or people who are working in the Middle East or Asia. Wow. So uh, it has been an international service and a huge success um, and it's a subscription service where people can buy a, a per game match if they want to see uh, my own beloved Donegal footballers or the Waterford hurlers or, or the Limerick hurlers. Um, there's a season pass as well for, for those who want to watch every game and there's bundled deals where you can mix and match and pick and choose maybe a I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that, Noel, that uh, it shows games of all of all backgrounds. What kind of games are you showing? Are you showing all of them? Yeah, so internationally, we'll be carrying all uh, Alliance League games covered by TG Gower, RTT and BBC. Um, we will cover all championship matches. Um, and in the past, we've also carried some camogie matches as well internationally. Um, I, I, it was international, Jolene, until... Uh, the pandemic came uh, and obviously with matches played behind closed doors uh, and after discussions with with government officials uh, we agreed it was in the national interest that we produced those games for people in Ireland as well who couldn't obviously attend so I suppose there was a major shift um, during Covid where GEA Go started producing and filming the matches themselves and providing them to both an Irish and an international audience that's Mm -hmm. where the change came about huge interest in those games, as you can imagine. And then following on from that, when the most recent GA media rights cycle ended, after five years, uh, the GA took the decision that we should go direct to fans ourselves with this subscription model. So essentially enter the domestic Irish market as well. It's what a lot of big uh, American sports have done. It's what a lot of sports are doing globally. Um, and, and it was a massive undertaking, an exciting opportunity for us because we were starting from scratch, Julian. We, we were creating opening credits, music, on-screen graphics. We also would be very fortunate enough to have Grania McElwain come on board as our presenter. And some of your listeners would have would have heard in recent weeks from Tommy Tommy Walsh and co-commentary and Seamus Hickey and Owen Cadigan and, and in the football side of things, Mark Boucher and Paddy Andrews. And like you say, it's it's an international thing, Noel, um, that it's it's not just at home, but for people abroad. It's very exciting that people, like you say, on the other sides of the world that can't get to their local matches, that are born and bred in their town and their county, they can finally get to see, you know, with their own eyes, to see the action at home that they might be missing. That's the exciting part of it, that it reaches far afield for people who can't get home to their much-loved home team. 
A hundred percent. I mean, I, I've lived away myself and I've been in, in Ricelip on a Sunday afternoon. I've been in Inglewood in Sydney. I've been in uh, Gaelic Park as well. And it's probably that one piece of home that people can gather together and um, bond over. And um, I think the a key point to make is sometimes because of time differences, Jolene, it's not always conducive to maybe bring a young family to a previous life, maybe an Irish bar or something like that, which served a great purpose of an age. Um, but people can now watch it on their laptops or their tablets on the couch or while still in bed or um, with friends overseas. So it's been um, quite the undertaking, but I think it's, it's one that people have embraced. Great stuff. Noel, thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about how you can watch your games at home and abroad and the upcoming fixtures, you can visit ga.ie. Noel, thank you very much. Pleasure, Julie. Thanks very much. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. Moving on to some soccer news, Sean O'Regan, sports enthusiast and journalist, is joining me now to look ahead at the Premier League matches tomorrow on Sunday. Sean, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jolene. Not at all. Uh, well, it's the first time I've been speaking to you about on this Sportsbeat Extra, standing in for Sean Connolly. So there's two matches of particular importance tomorrow. Can you talk us through them, Sean? Yeah, the first one tomorrow is at half four from St. James's Park. It's Newcastle up against Arsenal. Now, Arsenal's four-game winless run in April handed Man City the initiative big time in the title race after leading the way for so long. They drew three in a row. That was against Liverpool, West Ham and Southampton. And then they lost against their title challengers, Manchester City, 4-1 at the Etihad Stadium. But nevertheless, Jolene, Arsenal head into this crucial match on the back of a 3-1 victory against a woeful Chelsea on Tuesday night. And that win undoubtedly restored some confidence within their ranks. Massive. And not just that, we also have uh, Newcastle looking forward to Champions League next season. What's the news there for Newcastle? Yeah, absolutely. They've five games left and they currently sit third in the league table and Eddie Howe, their manager, has done some job on Tyneside since taking over in late 2021. This season alone, they've won 18 and lost four. But the 11 draws that they've had this season so far has seen them fall out of the title race behind City and Arsenal. But it has been some season for them with a first League Cup final appearance since 1976. They lost Mm. United at Wembley there back in February. But in fairness, if you're an, or sorry, a Newcastle fan, Jolene, it's been a great season. And if they can even get a draw maybe against Arsenal tomorrow afternoon from half four, I think that would be a success. And then they're looking at maybe Champions League and European football on Tuesday and Wednesday nights next season on Tyneside. Wow. So Newcastle versus Arsenal, who do you think will take it home? Oh, now, I, I would not to sit on the fence <laughs> at all, but that does depend on the team news, which we'll see hopefully early tomorrow afternoon. I would possibly say a draw there. It's a massive game for both teams, obviously. Mm -hmm. Arsenal are now a point behind City in the league. They need to keep the pressure on them, and City still have a game in hand. For Newcastle then, they'll want to try and keep in touch with the two leaders and kind of keep the distance between Man City or themselves and Manchester United, who are in fourth. I would say maybe a draw, possibly two alls. Don't quote me on that now. But as I said, it's all about who Arteta and Eddie Howe pick. Arteta made three changes to a start in 11 in the week. And one of those, Jacob Kuhar, should certainly retain his place for the trip to St. James's Park tomorrow. But Gabriel Martinelli is a sure bet to come back in for Leandro Trossard, which is a big addition for them. 
The one negative for Arsenal tomorrow afternoon is that William Saliba remains out for the visitors with Mohamed Elneny and Takahiri Tomasuo, both long-term absentees. So we'll just have to see how that one plays out for Arsenal's team selection. On the other side then for Newcastle, both Callum Wilson and Alexander Isak enjoyed excellent Aprils, but the latter will be expected to get the nod on Sunday. The Swede will likely be flanked by Joe Linton and Jacob Murphy with Sean Longstaff coming back into midfield three alongside former Arsenal player Joe Willock. And the main man out on the left side of midfield, Alan St. Maximan, is a doubt, unfortunately, though. And he's unlikely to start following a couple of weeks on the sidelines. OK, so depending on who is called up, it's really a game for anyone. So that's Newcastle and Arsenal at St. James's Park tomorrow at half past four. The second match then, Sean, who's up at seven o'clock? Seven o'clock Sunday evening. And this is a lovely little treat because the coronation of King Charles in London that's taken up all the police resources in the UK. So there's been a few changes. So we rarely get a Sunday evening match. But this Sunday, we're getting West Ham against Manchester United at the London Stadium. West Ham come into this one on the back of a 3-0 defeat to Man City, in which Erling Haaland, who everyone who has even a passing interest in the Premier League this season, you'll see that he smashed the all-time Premier League goal record after netting his 35th of the season there during the week. But you would expect the Hammers to bounce back from that with more Manchester opposition, uh, oh, they're up against more Manchester opposition tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're not safe from the drop zone themselves, but a win over United would boost their chances of survival big time. Wow, OK. So what do you think of the predictions for that match will be there, Sean? Well, I can't be letting my own uh, <laughs> personal biases come into play here. I'm a United supporter. Okay. I, would hope <laughs> that, uh, I would hope that United win it. West Ham are always tricky, Jolene, and especially at home. And there's an added dynamic to this one because Eric Ten Hag, the United boss, will be pitted against West Ham manager David Moyes. And that's on the eve of the 10th anniversary of Moyes' appointment as Alex Ferguson's successor at Old Trafford. Now, Moyes lasted less than 10 months during his official tenure, but he's rebuilt his reputation across two spells at West Ham to finish seventh and a point below United last season. And the Hammers have also progressed to the semi-finals of the Europa Conference League last year after reaching the last four of the Europa League so look it's it's been a successful time for Moyes at West Ham and West Ham fans will be loving it but this season they just haven't been firing in all cylinders and United meanwhile they're sitting fourth place in the league table Mm. but are just ahead of Liverpool in fifth who are hot in their heels and United lost on Thursday night Uh, that was as a result of a 99th minute penalty from Brighton's World Cup winner Alexis McAllister so United just simply can't afford to lose a second match away from home in the same week. And just one stat that jumped out at me was that United have only taken six points from a possible 33 away from home against the top 12. But they have beaten six of the bottom seven and West Ham, as I said, are in 15th place. So it'll be very interesting. I think that's a, it's two tight games tomorrow now. Uh, but if you were to put me on the spot and say <laughs> Newcastle-Arsenal, I would say draw. If you were to put me on the spot for the second one, West Ham United, I would say United. I'll hold you to it, Sean. I'll make sure to ring you after the matches and see how you're getting on after it. Especially the United one. Sean O'Regan, thank you so much for joining us and for looking ahead to tomorrow's Premier League action. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra.
We can't finish up the show without looking back at what is arguably one of the most romantic sports stories of the year. Wrexham are back in the Football League after a 15-year absence as Paul Mullen's brilliant brace fired them to a 3-1 win over Boreham Hollywood actors Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney bought the North Wales-based National League club back in February 2021. The pair were among the crowd of over 10,000 to see the club secure the National League title. Wrexham will be in the Football League once again next season following the win. Footage shared on social media showed the actors embrace with an emotional McElhenney appearing to wipe tears away from his eyes after the final whistle was blown. Deadpool star Reynolds said he was a little speechless following the game, while McElhenney said the experience had been the honour of his life. Speaking to BT Sport on the night of the win, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney described how they first felt. First up was Ryan. I, I don't, I'm not sure I can actually process what happened uh, tonight. I'm, I'm still a little speechless. Know that the one thing that's running through my head over and over again is people said at the beginning, why Wrexham? Why Wrexham? This is exactly why Wrexham. Happening right now is why. You've put so much into this project. How does it how does it feel when it finally feels like it's paying off? Well, I think we can hear how it feels to the town, and that's what's most important to us. I think this is a moment of catharsis for them and celebration and for us to be welcomed into their community and to be welcomed into this experience has been the honor of my life. Does that Boreham Wood goal in the first minute feel like a distant memory now? You know what, that, the, no, the, the Boreham Wood showed up today. They showed up to play. They're an incredible team. They have one of the best defenses in the entire league and they showed us showed us that all, all night long. So a huge credit to Boreham Wood tonight. Also, this entire story, the reason is we're all sitting on the edge of our seat right now is because Notts County is so good as well. And, and they deserve to go up. And that's something that both Rob and I feel quite strongly about. We, we are rooting for Notts County. We want to see them go up to League Two and face them next year. They're incredible. And it was. As their popularity explodes in the US, the next step for Wrexham AFC sees them tour the United States. They're due to head stateside this summer with high-profile matches on their agenda. Already, they'll be playing Chelsea in North Carolina and Manchester United in San Diego in July, with more sure to be announced. That's it for another week. Sportsbeat Extra is back at the same time next Saturday from half past five. Don't go anywhere. Megan's standing by with Beat Anthems, Jazzy on the way, a Take That remix and much more all up next.